How's everybody doing today? Pretty good? Good? You good? Let's open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, just thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing us all out here. Thank you for the good weather we've seen so far, Lord. And I just pray that you would uh, speak to us today, Lord. Speak to me. Speak to all of us here through your word, Lord. And I just pray that, uh, you know, most importantly, your word would speak, Lord. Take away any distraction from me, Lord, and just uh, just let your word speak and let it be heard, Lord. Open up our eyes and, and our hearts to hear and see, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, obviously, Sam's not here. That's why I'm here. Uh, so Sam asked me to teach a little while ago and I usually kind of hate when he gives me a long time because I go back and forth on where I want to teach or whatever and never really feel exactly sure where I want to go and uh, but a little while after he asked me to teach I decided I was thinking about uh, John chapter 8 which is where we're going to be today uh, and I got thinking about it because it was a piece of scripture that God used in my life personally uh, and then as I'm studying for it this week, like, there's been so much more that God showed me through it. And um, I also just think it's a, basically what, kind of one of the topics we're going to be talking about is the authority of God, you know, the authority of Jesus. Like, when he says something to us, like, does the authority of Jesus, who he is, what he says he is, what he says he's capable of, does that affect the way we live as Christians? You know, does it affect uh, how we care for people, how we move on from things in life, how we uh, move into new things in life? Uh, does the authority of Jesus affect us in that way? And I looked up uh, the actual definition of authority, and what I came up with was the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. You know, so in other words, like, do we believe that Jesus has the power and the right you know what I mean? Like, I kind of think if we think about it, that's kind of two different things there, right? He has the power, like he can make it happen, but he also has the right to do it. You know, so like when we, uh, I think it goes with a lot of different things. Um, you know, again, he, he has the power and he has the right to give orders, to make decisions, and to enforce obedience. And I, again, I've just been thinking about that a lot over like this, these last couple of weeks. Does that affect how I live my life? You know, does it affect me? Does it uh, does it change? Does it make it easier for me to make decisions? Because I get sometimes making decisions is hard, but do we believe that when Jesus says to do it, we can do it? Because he has the right to say that we do. Like, he knows he's the one who created us. He's the one who created the decision we're trying to make. You know, like, he knows how to do that. that we can do it if we have him, right? Like, uh, so anyways, uh, let's get started in John chapter 8. Uh, right in verse 1, it says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. So, a little backstory here on ver on chapter 7 is, Jesus has been dealing with some scribes and Pharisees and stuff, people testing him, judging him. He's being, been being rejected by the religious leaders of that day already, right? And where it left off in uh, verse 53 of chapter 7, it says, And everyone went to his own house. But then Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, starting in chapter 8. And uh, what I got thinking about there is Jesus has been with all these guys that have been rejecting him. They've been dealing, they've been uh, hard to deal with. They've been people that may be hard to love because 
they are supposed to know something, right? They're, they're supposed to be the religious people of the day. They're supposed to be the priests, the Pharisees, all these guys. But yet they're rejecting Jesus, you know, and they're supposed to know him, right? But yet they're the ones that are rejecting him and, and giving him all this hard time. And it just got me thinking, you know, like I, I kind of um, realized, like I, I kind of got to apologize with a couple guys I've been working with the last couple months because like I haven't been showing who Jesus is. You know, there's people that come across that are hard to deal with, you know, that are, uh, that, yeah, they make it hard and they may not be believers and they may, um, they may be hard to love. And my attitude hasn't been great towards them. It hasn't been Christ-like because, like I said, in chapter 7, Jesus is being rejected by these guys. He's being, um, having all these issues with these guys. But what does it say that Jesus does here? It says he came back into the temple and continued to teach them. And I believe he did that because he loved them. He wanted them to know truth, you know. So again, that that's uh, kind of just something that uh, God put on my heart is the fact of how I haven't been being that. You know, I haven't been loving people that are hard to love. I haven't been, um, because we don't see Jesus make an excuse here. We don't see him be like, it just says he came back and he continued to teach. We don't hear it was... Well, those people came back and they were hard to deal with, so I didn't bother coming out of the temple. I didn't bother. I didn't bother coming back from the Mount of Olives. And it's again too. It says, but when, uh, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And I know most of the time when you see in Scripture where it talks about Jesus went and got alone, he got uh, went to the mountains, went to the wilderness, whatever. Uh, what is he doing? He's getting alone with God, right? Like he's being the perfect example of us uh, to us that we need to spend time alone with God. Like, Jesus is God, right? But yet he still showed the, the importance of us needing to get along with God. You know, and uh, I just think that's really cool that Jesus did that. You know, I've been talking with a couple people this last week about, about that, about how, like, being in the Word doesn't mean we're saved by any means, right? Like, it's not that. Like, we can never, it's funny, I was talking to Bob, like, we can't read the Word enough. Like, it's not like we're going to read the Word and then, okay, I've done it enough. Like, I'm there. At the same time, I just wonder, like, do we take time to get alone with God, to be in His Word, to seek Him, and not for it to be enough, but just to hear from Him, you know? And I think that that's part of why Jesus was able to come back to the temple, is because He got alone, He went to the Mount of Olives, and maybe I'm reading into that too much, but, you know, I just, I have to wonder that. That's why He was able to go back to the temple and deal with people who, again, Him being Jesus, He knew they weren't going to listen, but yet He continued to go back, right? Like, He went back to the temple, continued to teach. So, uh, verse 3, it says, Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. So we see these people, Jesus, you know, again, I kind of... I hope I'm not reading into it too much, but I kind of, you know, Jesus is coming back to teach these guys again, right? What do they bring him first? They bring this poor lady caught in adultery, right? And I say poor lady because I got thinking about the Pharisees bringing this lady here. Like, yeah, she was living in sin. She got caught in sin, right? She was still creating God's eyes, right? Like she was still somebody that God wants, God loves. And I got thinking about the Pharisees on this side of it is I don't think they cared for this woman at all. I think out of spite for Jesus, if he would have said, yeah, sure, stoner, they would have stoned her. 
You know, I don't think they cared for this woman at all. I don't think they cared for her well-being. I don't think they cared for... I don't think they actually even cared that she was caught in adultery. Like, the actual what she was doing that they seemed to be so caring about. I don't think they actually even cared. I think they just went, oh, look, here's something we can test Jesus with. You know, and then... Uh, It says, uh, but Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. There's one thing that I, when I told Sam, he asked me, he always asked where I'm teaching. I told him John 8. He goes, that's awesome. Please don't spend a half an hour trying to explain what Jesus is writing in the dirt. And uh, I laughed. Then I got studying it. And I realized, why would I? I don't know. For all I know, Jesus was playing tic-tac-toe with one of the disciples. I don't, it doesn't, as we're going to read, it doesn't say that they were convicted by what Jesus wrote in the dirt. It doesn't say that, oh, they, they started to see what he was writing and then they decided to leave. No, they, it says that they were convicted by their conscience of what they had heard. You know, it doesn't say anything about the writing in the dirt. I really kind of have to wonder if uh, sometimes I, I think that we bring things to Jesus that he's kind of like, guys, you know the answer here. You know, or maybe he wants us to, to keep seeking. Because we see that here as we're going to read, you know, they continue to ask him, right? And I wonder if sometimes though, and again, I'm probably reading into this, but I, I wonder if Jesus kind of stooped down because he was just kind of fed up with it. Like he, he stooped down and it was like, whatever, you guys will figure it out. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to play the game with you guys. You know what I mean? I think God can do that to us sometimes. I know... How many of us have been seeking the Lord for something? We bring something before Jesus, and then we're like, oh, why aren't you answering me, God? I wonder if sometimes if we have to step back and ask ourselves, do we already know the answer? And maybe the answer is just we need to seek God more before we come up. You know, we can bring something before Jesus and be like, what do you want me to do here? And he's kind of not answering because he's kind of like, you already know this. Like, you need to stop and think. And it's funny, uh, me and uh, Josh were talking a little bit this week about... Uh, soul and spirit right like our soul is who we are and our spirit is jesus sometimes our soul needs to be quiet so we can hear jesus spirit speak the spirit of god speak and uh i kind of wonder if we need to to do that sometimes just step back and, and let the spirit speak kind of let ourselves be quiet and let god speak and hear what it is he has to say but then at the same time i really like in uh, verse 7 it says so when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first, is they continue at Jesus and then he answers, right? I think it's the point of not repetition, not rep, is it repetitious, is that the word? Repetitious prayer, but like at the same time, continually, continually seeking God. I believe it's in Proverbs, it says, uh, continually seek me or those who, yeah, totally messed up, should be better at writing notes. But, um, you know, the whole idea is they continued asking him, and then Jesus answers, right? Like, so he answers, he said, well, whoever among you has, uh, is without sin, go ahead, throw the first stone. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. You know, and again, we see Jesus step back again. You know, he, he comes back with an answer, but then still expects us to make a decision. You know, and I think that's the whole part of, like, uh, with me and Josh and a couple other people have been doing a Bible study um, midweek. Uh, and uh, we've been talking about that like life has choices we have to make choices in life like we physically have to do it it's not just Jesus what do you want me to do and then it falls into place sometimes it does right we all hear people talk about that I've had it happen it's awesome 
But that doesn't happen all the time, right? Like, we have to make physical choices as people. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing here is Jesus is like, he gives them an answer, but then still just kind of steps back to let them make their decision of what they're going to do. You know, and uh, again, I think that's the importance of being in God's word so we can know what decision we're supposed to make. So that when our conscience is convicted, I kind of wonder what it would have been like if, because it says, then those who heard it being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. So I kind of wonder what it would be like if they had said, well, why don't we stick around and see what happens then? But again, I don't think they actually truly cared about this woman. You know what I mean? I don't think they cared what happened to her. They didn't get the answer they wanted, so they just left. And it's just kind of a thought that I've had is, when I seek the Lord and I don't get the exact answer that I want, do I just leave or do I stay close to God? You know, and um, I think that's uh, an important thing to, to think of is, because a lot of the times we don't get the answers we want, you know, but are we willing to seek God and, and for what his answer is? And to when he gives us an answer, to make the decision to go his way and not our own way. That was something, uh, when I ran the addiction meeting, like that was something I, I said a lot, was you can always make one of two decisions. You can go God's way or your own way. And I mean, it, it's true for everybody. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you've done. Like, we have a decision to make. We can either go God's way or our own way. And something I used to say all the time was like, what has our way gotten us so far? You know, it hasn't gotten us Christ. It hasn't gotten us better. It hasn't got. It hasn't uh, made us love people more. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. This particular passage, he said, this is something that spoke really big to me. I had been um, running the, the meeting for a little while. I was like, I was actually at a, the pastor's conference down in Maryland. And I'm, uh, I'm sitting down there and I'm reading uh, this chapter. And I was really dealing with some stuff because I was like, I, I definitely wasn't in a place where I was like, oh, I'm running a meeting. I'm there. Like, I'm I'm something for Christ. It wasn't that at all. But it was very much like, God, if people knew who I was before, you wouldn't be able to use me anymore. You wouldn't be able to, to uh, you don't understand, God. You know, you don't get what I've done. You don't understand, like, I've done things, God, that people won't forgive me for, right? And as I'm reading this, God, I was literally, like, having this big argument with God, with my soul, very much of, God, you don't understand, you don't know, uh, you wouldn't be able to deal with what would happen if people knew what I did or knew who I was before I came to you. And Jesus very much quieted my soul as I was reading this, and he, and he said, you know, he really just spoke to me from his word and said, there's nobody here condemning you and neither am I. So you need to go and sin no more. And I didn't and I didn't realize it that day, but I was surrendering to God's authority. I was surrendering to the fact of because do I still struggle? Do I have to do it day to day? Do I have to get up? It was Paul, I believe, that said, you know, I have to die daily. I have to die to the old man. In other words, I have to continually be surrendering to God's authority and who he says I am. And who when he says, You're not condemned, keep going. Like, we have to surrender to that daily. And maybe you don't have the same story as I do. 
maybe maybe you're dealing with um, that that tightness in your chest with everything that's going on right now and fear and God it's too much I can't do it God I can't I know you want me to uh, speak to these people or you want me to do this thing or you want me to not be in fear but I can't God I can't do it well I'm, there's plenty of scripture that says cast all your cares and your fears upon me give me your anxieties right and again are we surrendering to his authority that when he says those things that we can do that you know whether it's a past you're trying to deal with or a future you're dealing with or it's right now that you're trying to deal with do we believe that when God says I'll take that from you that he can and he will you know, again, that's the thing that we really have to realize. Again, I didn't even realize I was surrendering to his authority. I just, I accepted what he was telling me that day, but I didn't realize exactly what it was I was doing. I think that's what I was doing was surrendering to the authority that he has. That when he says, I don't condemn you, go and sin no more. I can, I can do that. I can walk away and know that I'm forgiven. I can walk away and know that I'm not condemned anymore. Again, do we have to do it daily? Absolutely. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You know, my favorite verse in the Bible is basically like this. It's John 12, 46, and it's Jesus speaking. He says, I came into the world as a light, that whosoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Again, you know, we can live in darkness. What is fear? What is anxiety? What is the baggage of the things we've done in life? That's darkness, right? That's what it all is. I used to, I remember thinking uh, one day about about like a testimony, and I realized how much baggage really comes with a testimony, you know, and uh, and how much we really need Jesus for it because it is total darkness. And He says, "He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life." You guys, darkness can't overcome light. Like you can cover light up, sure, but it's still light underneath whatever's darkness, right? Like there's still light there. It's it's you turn the light on and the darkness goes away. Like you don't you can't overcome it, right? Unless you flip the switch off. Because I had somebody talking to me about that and would be like, Well what about somebody that was saved, then they walked away and died of an overdose? They chose to walk away. They chose when Jesus gave them an opportunity or the world gave them an opportunity, they, they chose to walk away from God and not do what God wanted them to do. That's why we need to continually come to God. And continually choose Him. But again, we can only choose Him because He gave us that opportunity. Because He has the power to do that. And that's the thing is, He he's, he will never turn you away. If you're alive and breathing, you can turn to Christ and say, I need you. I need what you have. And He'll say, okay, like this is it. This, this is, I can do that. Because He has the authority. I think we've all been there in life where we've had somebody that told us one thing, right? And we thought they had the authority, and then we find out, no, they didn't have it at all, right? I've had it happen hunting before. You know, I have a guy say, oh, you can hunt there, that's fine. And I show up to hunt there, and the owner's there. He's like, no, nobody can hunt here. And I'll make sure to prove it with police that you can't hunt here, right? Like, that guy had the authority. The first guy I talked to didn't have the authority. But the guy who owns it, who owns this earth? Who owns us? Whose children are we? Who are we created by? God, right? So, and he says that he can forgive us. He says, and again, you may be able to think like, because I've done it plenty of times. I've been sitting, listening to somebody teach about something like this and think, yeah, but you don't know what I've done. Seek the word. You'll find it. 
I didn't think I would. The things that I've done in my life, I didn't think I'd be able to find that. And God showed me. He's like, no, no, I don't condemn you. Even when the world does, he's like, I don't. You know, he says, I don't condemn you. That, that go and sin no more. You know, I thought about teaching in John 4. And this may sound weird, but like it was too happy of a story. Because like in the end, the woman goes out and she tells all kinds of people, right? And I think that's easy to hear and then walk away and go, oh, that was a good story. That woman did a good thing. And I more so want us to walk away going, you know, like I don't want to convict you guys, but I want God's word to convict you. You know, I don't want it to be this like, this happy, I mean, I want us to be happy about like, wow, yeah, I do need to surrender things to God. You know, and if we just, I don't know, like I said, John 4, I think was, uh, it was too easy because I know I've done that a lot. I, I love John 4, but I've gone, oh, that was great. And then when I hear the opportunity myself, it's kind of like, eh, whatever, you know. And uh, here, I think it's just, it leaves with more of a question. You know, are we willing to surrender to God's authority? Read a little bit more here. Uh, verse 13 says, The Pharisees therefore said unto him, You bear witness of yourself. Your witness is not true. Jesus answered and said to them, Even if I bear witness of myself, my witness is true. For I know where I come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from and where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. And yet if I do judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone. But I am with the Father who sent me. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one who bears witness of myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness of me. I, I, I was glad that we had time to read this section because I, I think this is equally important and I think kind of helps with that whole questioning is do we surrender? When we hear Jesus say these things, do we surrender that? When he says who he says he is, do we believe that he has authority? Because we have to make that choice, right? Like we have to make the choice to hear those words and let Jesus speak to us. Because we can go, Jesus said that, but that don't mean nothing to me. I know I've read it plenty of times and thought that. Not that I actually thought like that, but like I read it and I was like, oh, that's great and all. But have we really read it and, and, and just thought about that? That Jesus is claiming who he says he is. Do we believe that Perry spoke on Thursday and it was stinking awesome? He spoke out of Psalm was it 104, I think. Yeah, shows how much we pay attention. But it was it was great. It was all about God's who he is, about the fact that he created the earth. He maintains it. You know, that was something I like that Perry really said is God didn't just create the world, but he continually maintains the world. That's who our father is, guys. He doesn't just make us and then send us on our way. He makes us and continually maintains us. Then they said to him, Where is your father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my father. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. These words Jesus spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no one laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come. Now, I'm going to leave off there, and the reason why I want to leave off there is it said, and for his hour had not yet come. Nobody laid hands on Jesus because he had, his father had the authority to say, nobody's going to touch him until I say it's time. You know, there's times in the, 
in the Bible here is we're going to, you know, as you read where it says that Jesus kind of made his way out because his hour had not yet come. Jesus had worked away from the crowd because his hour had not yet come. But here, I just like, maybe this is my simple mind. It just says that, you know, and no one laid hands on him for his hour had not yet come. And I just think that that kind of helps, uh, again, speak on his authority. You know, again, we can get worked up. We can get worried about talking to people about Jesus and what they may say and what they may do. And I don't know. I, I, again, maybe it's just my simple mind. I guess I try not to worry about it too much because if my time comes, it's only because my Father in Heaven says so. And if it's not my time, I don't have to worry about it. You know, I just, uh, that that's what I got. You know, like I said, the... Uh, this piece of scripture was a big thing in my life. I didn't realize what it was I was surrendering to. I realize now that's God's authority, who he is. That when he says we can do something, we can do it. You know, when he says we can move on, we can. When he says that he's bigger than the fear that's in us, he is. You know, when... Uh, when he says that he, main, he continually maintains the world... He does. It doesn't matter if there's a virus going on. It doesn't matter if there's rioting going on. God is still in control. And do we believe that? He doesn't promise, guys, we're going to have an easy cakewalk of a life. But he does promise he'll be there for us, during, no matter what it looks like. And I just, uh, I don't know. I, I That's all I got. Why don't we pray and we'll get out of here. Dear my Father, Lord, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for who you are, God. I thank you for your authority, Lord, that you do have the power to tell us to move on. That you do have the power to tell us that you're bigger than anything we can deal with, God. I thank you for just what you've done, Lord, in my life. I thank you for uh, this church, Lord. I pray that you would continue to strengthen this body in these times, Lord. Your entire body, Lord. I don't care what church it is, Lord. I pray that you would continue to strengthen it, Lord. And just bring us together, Lord. Bring us closer, God. Help us not to fight over different things, Lord, but to come together in love, to love one another, Lord. To, to love those on the outside, Lord, trying to reach people for you. I pray that you're, you would open the eyes, Lord, of people. You know, that you would bring light. I pray that we would be the light that we're called to be, Lord. Just uh, pray that you just watch over us today, Lord. Thank you for uh, just all that you do. You know, being Father's Day, Lord, I, I thank you for being the great Father that you are, Lord. And I just pray that you would watch over us, bless us, bless us as we go out with our families today, Lord, and spend time. Just uh, that we would reflect on you, Lord, and who you are and, uh, and what you do, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen.